Let's talk about how to discover your adapted love language. Ooh, maybe that maybe that's a new term. Um, what have you done with your your spouse who has a communication disorder? What have you done with him or her that really gives you the warm fuzzies? I'd have you start there. What makes you feel connected? And then I want you to reverse your thinking and think about what lights them up. Is it words of encouragement? Is it doing something unexpected for them? Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Well, good morning, ladies. Dee and Terry, thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. Glad to be here. So I thought we would uh, let you both introduce yourselves. I've known uh, Dee, I've known you the longest. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your situation? Yes, um, my husband had a stroke in 2019, which left him nonverbal and he's in a wheelchair. Um, it affected his right side. Um, he was in acute care for 11 months and then he has been in therapy since, but with him being nonverbal, it's just been a, it's just a rough way to try to figure out what he mean, what he wants to say because he was all, he's very social. His famous line was to make a long story short, and there was never any short stories. I mean, he never met a stranger, and to a degree, he's still like that. He's very much still like that, and and I appreciate that. But he he continues to try. He continues to to work at it, and it's a work in progress. And that's that's pretty much where we are. Yeah. And Terry, would you tell us a little bit about your situation? Sure. My husband, Craig, had a car accident in June of 21, and he is recovering from a traumatic brain injury and right side hemiparesis. Mm. And so he was an inpatient for 14 months and then continued therapy since then. And we came to know Genevieve just recently and it's been a tremendous help. Yeah. And helping pull pull Craig out. He yeah. too is, is very much extroverted mm-hmm. and never been a stranger. And so I think that works to I think it's a blessing that works to their advantage and sound like to maybe, you know, yeah. your husband oh. too. Yeah, great. It's, yeah. Gonna help. Mm-hmm. it's a good motivation to help them learn how to communicate in a new way. Yes. It's usually everybody else that is, they're the ones that, that won't com- communicate. It sounds like your husband's like mine. We, they, they don't mind a bit. We're just going to try it. And, and everybody exactly. else is a little standoffish. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we're just learning like it probably too, how to, how to be that connective piece. Yes. And go between to connect yes. the two. 
Yeah. And even though it's off topic of where I wanted to go today, I wanted to to touch on something D, something that we've talked about a lot is letting him just go for it. We worry, right? We worry. We worry about how he's going to get received. We worry about what people are going to think of him and you. But yet, just recently, he wanted to get on FaceTime with someone. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what that was like for you? Yes. Um, He has always been the one that would take a risk. And I'm not a risk taker. I like to know before I step my foot in what the temperature is going to be, how fast the water is moving, and what is in it. He doesn't care. He just jump in. So he wanted to FaceTime someone that he knows really well. But I was trying to get him, okay, you got to give me the topic first. It's, it's someone he used to work with. What's the topic? Because I thought, I'm not going to get you on here, and then you fail. And we were talking with Genevieve, and I, it just, it was like, it just washed over me. This is not a Glenn Clark problem. This is a D problem. He is willing to take the chance, and Ron doesn't care. But what's the worst he's going to say? Hey, buddy, I don't know what you want. You know? And so I had to apologize to him. And he actually did talk to Ron, and Ron did not know what he wanted. But while he was on the phone, they talked about other things. And then we kind of worked on it. And and to this day, I really don't know what he he his main goal was but he seemed to be satisfied with that and I, it is a me problem because the best times that we have had the very best times is when I just let it be I don't try to interfere I don't try to uh, be the referee I don't try to make it easy because I think I'm stressed and that stress plays out and, and our son has been a really good one to say mom I'm talking to dad I'm talking to dad you know but basically says get out of the way and so but that that's tough for me and, and i'll tell you one more thing that we did he he kept pointing to this building over and over and over for almost a year he pointed to this building and we would pass it every time i went to therapy finally i got tired of it I, I was pulled into the lot i had no idea why i was there i walked in i said look I, this may sound strange but my husband is is glenn i just went through the whole spiel because oh yeah i know him he knew who he was, and he had even visited him, and I didn't even realize it. So the guy comes out to the truck, talks to Glenn, they're great, it was over. So I suffered for a year over that. So, I don't know. And I don't know if Craig is nonverbal or whether you have those same types of issues, but I just have to get out of the way because it's, it's, it's a trust issue. I have to trust that he really does know what he's talking about. So good. So good. Yes. Genevieve and, and Mary Beth are helping us to learn how to help Craig become more independent. Mm -hmm. And because he had to be dependent there for so long. Yes. That now helping him take the lead and trust himself more. Mm -hmm. And for me to trust him to trust himself and when to back off. Right. It's hard. It's a hard balancing act. It's a whole new, it's a whole new learning experience. Yes. Because you're just there, you know, 
you know, fight or flight, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> adrenaline rush for so long in survival yeah. mode and to un- just slowly undo that and rethink. Oh, yeah. How it's painful. Okay. I just talk away sometimes, especially when he's trying to do something physical, because I just, and I don't know, it's the nurturing part where I taught kindergarten. I just have to get out of the way and let him do it. Yeah, it's a hard line, isn't it? Yes. Just know when to, yeah, that Kenny Rogers song. I've been singing that a little bit lately. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Exactly. (laughs) Know when to walk away and when to run. (laughs) I love that. That's perfect. That is perfect. But we're all in, right? We're all into this. Right. Or else we would have been gone. Yes. Long ago. Absolutely. And you didn't ask for it, but here you you asked for it. You asked for it. I asked for it when I married him. You know, so it is what it is. And we don't yes. want it, but you just have to deal with it and do the that best was you our can. Covenant commitment, right? Yes. And yes. So, for better yeah. or for worse, thicker for you know. Are yeah. We, are we, yeah. But sometimes you do want to run. <laughs> Not gonna lie, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, that has been interesting, and in, in particularly in the conversations, like you said, FaceTime, and just on the phone you know, having to be the interpreter for so long mm-hmm. and now just backing off of that and just letting them have that conversation, not stepping in, not correcting, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. letting it go and Phew. just let it be. That's a yeah. whole, yeah. That is a whole thing. Well, with it being the month of February, I really wanted to focus. I I talk a lot on the podcast, especially, you know, since the holidays last year, you know, starting in October, a lot of my episodes were about connecting and interpreting and role reversals. And I mean, just so much stuff. So I wanted to take this another step further because it's February and Valentine's. This will be coming out, you know, Valentine's week. I really wanted to talk about the love languages uh, by Dr. Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. And I had first heard about the love languages when my kids were little. I think it was in one of my mommy groups or whatever. And it just, it made a lot of sense to me that each person needs something different. Mm-hmm. And then each person gives love in a different way that's meaningful to them. And D, with you and I, we've had lots of these conversations. Yes. Um, because, and do correct me if I get this wrong, but you thrive with touch and spoken language. <laughs> yes. And yeah, right. And and this has been right. Which, yes. When your when your loved one is most of the time in a wheelchair and is mostly nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough stuff. It really, yeah. So Terry, to fill you in, there was one thing we got Glenn to do. He just he doesn't think to show affection, but when we're online, it's usually the three of us on a session, and I just kind of go, <laughs> you know, like I you can't see because you know, like, and then he'll he'll look at D. Wait, gotta get the right way. He'll look. Yeah. 
me, he'll smirk, and then he'll put his arm around her. Right, right. And one thing we had to talk to Glenn about is he needs to start thinking about doing that more often. And we talked about, well, when, what could be a trigger for him to start doing that? And even though he has to consciously do it, it doesn't take away the meaningfulness right. of him having to. So we had talked about in the kitchen, you know, because he, he, you said, D, he stands up to wash the dishes or do something mm -hmm. right there at the sink. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're right there, no reason he can't right. pat you on your shoulder or something to show that affection. So I know that yeah. when we have aphasia, and it's probably exactly the same with a head injury, they just don't think of these things. It just mm -hmm. doesn't occur to them. We talk about you guys being in survival mode as spouses of someone who has these communication issues, but the person I truly believe is also in survival mode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you're in survival mode, it's all about you. Mm -hmm. It's all about you. You're protecting yeah. you, your perspective, your egocentric and all. So it is. Yes. So D, another story, and, and Terry, I'll get more stories from you as we continue to work together. But I remember a long time ago, D, you had talked about how you guys used to cuddle when you went to bed at night. Yes. Yeah. And how uh, didn't you rearrange the bedroom to make We went we went on vacation. That's right. And how he was that story. It, I didn't realize how much I missed it because he also has neuropathy on his uh, right side and then and sometimes i mean even a breeze even a just passing by just sets him off so for a while there we slept in separate beds and then i got back in in the in, in bed with him and it it's to the point where we actually share different covers because if i touch it if it touches his shoulder after he gets it fixed then it, it just, it bothers him. But we were um, on vacation and it just so happened uh, the beds were, the, the side that he got in was opposite. And I could get in and actually put my head on his chest and he could put his good arm around me. And it was just absolutely wonderful. Um, and I try to make sure we do that on vacation. Unfortunately, the way the bedroom is set up and the way that his bar for him to get in and out of bed, he can't he can't get in the other side so we've had to be strategic about it and so i will sit beside him when he's sitting on the bed and i'll be sitting on his good side so he can hug me that way and if he's standing by the sink i'll, I'll give him a notice i'll say i'm going to come in between the sink and you and i'm just going to give you a full hug and then i can put my head on his chest and i can hear his heartbeat and and he doesn't hug me back because he's holding on you know and but it just it just helps it, it just helps and and he has never been a touchy-feely person he's always said i love you and he will you know he give me a kiss every now and then but i am the one now that um you know i initiate it but like you said genevieve i I don't consider that any less of a moment. I need that moment. And actually he needs that moment. 
we need that moment. So, you know, this every morning when I, I put his, his cream on his leg for his neuropathy, uh, before he even gets out of bed and I'll lean over and I give him a good morning kiss and he he'll he looks at me in anticipation for that so it, it's more of me initiating but he has started initiating so I'll take whatever I can get <laughs> absolutely that's sweet that's awesome yeah so the the five love languages as Dr. Gary Chapman has said. So the first one is words of affirmation. That's saying, you know, at a boy, at a girl, yeah. you know, it's words of praise, right? Then we have acts of service. That one kind of resonates with me just a little bit mm -hmm. uh, where you do things for people, you anticipate things or make dinner, you know, those kinds of things. Receiving of gifts. That one's pretty straightforward. Quality time, which is undivided attention, shared activities, and then physical touch. So mm -hmm. those are the five. Yeah. Now we're going to put you on the hot seat, Terry. Uh -oh. <laughs> Let's talk about how you receive love. What, what resonates most with you about how you receive love? Quality time, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Quality time. Do you have a secondary one? acts of service mm -hmm. just the thought you know to do something like you mentioned mm -hmm. you know that's, that's thoughtful so let's talk about quality time so before craig's accident could you give us an example of quality time usually the love languages are opposite of course yes <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah. They completely line up do they yeah yeah and so he would like want to go for a drive and he mm -hmm. still asks for this today, okay. you know, just go for a drive just for the, with the two of us without the dog, just so there's no, you know, distractions and you just go and, and just be, and just, you know, visit. So it sounds like that's what you did before his accident and you're able to sitting together in the evening. Mm -hmm. Doing different, just you know, slowing, stopping, yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, and just uh, yeah, having that connecting point, and just you know, before he trails off to sure. sleep, you sure. know, that connecting point. Mm -hmm. So that's been good. So your love language, what you like to receive, is quality time. That's important to you. Mm -hmm. What do you like to give? Well, I think we give naturally how we like to receive mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so that's something that i had to adapt in our marriage and learn a lot of times the hard way that his love language is is uh words of affirmation and acts of service mm -hmm. so i've had to learn to adapt to that yeah so you're giving him more words of affirmation now and words of encouragement and yeah. just cheerleading him on and he can do it. And he just, he does, he just flips a switch. Yeah. You can see it. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just like, okay. And he's always thanking me, you know, which has been huge. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for making me dinner. 
Thank yes. you. You know, and he'll constantly be saying, oh, you're a really good cook or giving me words of affirmation, which don't necessarily fill my love tank, but <laughs> they're nice to hear. You know, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so he's, he's very um, complimentary that way. That's neat. So Dee, let's put the spotlight on Glenn. What is his love language? What does he like to receive? Definitely, definitely his love language is acts of service. I mean, without a doubt, that's that. And that has been, I think that's been difficult because he's a very hands-on guy, you know, uh, knows so much electricity and air conditioning and ju just really everything other than drywall. Don't ask him to drywall. But that's what he loved to do. And he loved to do it for whoever needed help and that sort of thing. I think also his his other love language is words of affirmation. I think he does need that. He needs me to tell him, you know, you're doing a good job or, or, or recognize. I see your efforts. I see what you're doing. But it, it's really been a big, a big change because he was in the he hadn't even retired from his, he worked for the railroad. He hadn't even retired from that. And then he had the stroke. So, and he's, he loved to work, loved to work, just loved it. And so that's where he, th he would thrive. And so that's been a big, a big change for him. Mm -hmm. So he likes to give acts of service. Mm -hmm. And you did say he likes affirmation and words of encouragement, but yes, is that what fills his tank? What do you think fills his tank? Honestly, I think now I would have said before it would be receiving acts of service, but I almost think it is now it is quality time. Mm -hmm. I think it is quality time. And, and that's a balancing act as well is to know, because there's sometimes I can't be there. I really, truly can't be there. And and he lets me know he doesn't really want me to leave. And you're kind of like, oh, you know, betwixt and between. But I also think he still likes acts of service. I really do. Because he gets out his paper towels and, and the Windex and cleans my cleans the windows. And he's, he wanted this new scrubber and he scrubs on the shower. So I really think, you know, he's looking for ways to be helpful yeah. and i think he likes that and he enjoys it yeah i've all i've all um i always have liked to give mm -hmm. i guess i'm in the right field uh but yes. i love to cook dinner you know it's one of my things but i definitely need words of affirmation mm -hmm. it's i would say those are those are on par for mm -hmm. me i need to know i'm doing a good job i'm not sure where that came from but be that as it may, but my husband needs physical touch. Mm -hmm. So what we've had to do, because I, we both work a lot and we have agreed to sit down at night without the computers. Although I think we have to start instituting without the phones. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Instagram can be a little addicting and it's mm -hmm. not me. I didn't say that. Not me on the Instagram. So just sitting down, you know, draping a leg over, touching in some way right, is really important for him. Of course, you know, saying thank you and, you know, thanks for working so hard. All of that goes a long way too. But I just thought that this was an interesting topic because when you have someone with a communication disorder, 
the burden is on the spouses or the significant others or the friend or the adult child, whoever it is. And I think this is just one more tool in the toolbox to be thinking about how can we connect with our person? Mm-hmm. How can how can we maybe help them connect with us? Right. Because we can't assume now with a communication disorder that they see that something's missing. Right. Right. We That's have hard. to be much more upfront and talkative, but we got to mm-hmm. help facilitate. We have to help facilitate that connection. So as you may have heard in the past couple of episodes, I've been talking a lot about connection and how yes. can you just do physical touch, a hug, a squeeze, sitting next to where your arms are touching. It doesn't have to be a big deal to help with that connection. And I think it, I think it reminds me, and I need to be reminded that I'm not just the caregiver because sometimes it is just one long to-do list and you're trying so hard to, okay, you, you have a very loose agenda the way you really do. You have to have a loose agenda, but if your agenda is today, I'm going to, I don't know, clean out a closet, whatever it is. It is very difficult to realize how many interruptions you're going to have. And so you've got that stress of the push and pull of what you want to do versus what they need. And if you don't stop and touch or look, I like what you said in the, in the last uh, podcast, look them in the eye really look them in the eye. If you don't stop and breathe and do that, then you just, then your person just becomes another thing on the to-do list, just something to check off and you lose, you lose the value of your relationship. You really lose it. And, you know, it helps that, you know, we've been married 42 years. So that helps. I I already knew him, but it also it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new ball game. And so you have to strive every day to keep that connection to see who they are. It's, they're not just somebody, something to check off to do, to take care of a chore. Such a great word, D. Such a great word. Mm-hmm. Such a great reminder. Yeah. So easy. And we all know how isolating these communication disorders are. So we have to be strong. You guys have to be strong as a couple, mm-hmm. as a unit, because you can't, you can't, you can't be divided. So we have right. to find a way for you guys to keep that connection. And then I think we have to take it a step further and educate. Like we, like right, you guys are always having to advocate. Mm-hmm. You have to advocate with those around you and maybe give them ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Craig was, you know, with he what he did in his business, I'll bet he shook hands a lot. I, I imagine with his personality, he was probably a hugger too. Absolutely. And, you know, and some people, his friends, family, whatever, may not do that for him anymore. They, they exactly. may be much more standoffish. They don't want to offend. They don't want to make him feel bad or they feel squeamish about it. Like, mm-hmm. what's it going to be like to hug somebody who's got weakness on one side of their body? Right. Why shake their hand when their right hand isn't working? Right. And I think one more step is to coach 
those people around our people. Right. To let them just give them a couple of tips. Mm-hmm. Just like we want them to maybe speak slower or turn the music off when you're talking or let's, you know, do something to make communication easier, not harder. Right. I think we need to extend that for the physical too. Like, oh, here, let me show you. This is how you, this is how you shake with your left hand. Right. Oh, because I tell you, it doesn't occur to people. No, and Glenn will pull that someone will reach out his hand that their hand at church to shake his hand, and he just gives him the left one and laughs. You know, he just gives it and he kind of turns his hand a little bit, and and it's fine. It's good. Makes it happen. Yeah. Because connection is is where it's all about, and when we're connected, we can push through the junk, the yeah. quicksand. Yeah. All right, ladies, I, I am grateful to each of you for your willingness to come on and have this candid conversation to give the audience your perspectives, because again, I think people are isolated. They feel alone. They don't get to hear what others are going through and they might be in a very similar circumstance. And kudos to you for getting right in the thick of it with us. I mean, you haven't, you, you, you aren't living it, but you're living it. Yeah. Right. And, and you don't find very many people willing to get beyond the surface level. You really don't. Even, even what I would consider very good therapists, they, they either don't have the time, they don't have the knowledge, right. they don't, they, but thank you for doing that. Yes. Thank you. It, it's, it's my honor and privilege to be here and I will wrap up this episode and say, D, if it wasn't for you and Glenn, I wouldn't be here doing all this. Well, thank you so much. It was the, it was the right time when the universe lined us up. I absolutely agree. I had the opportunity to start this practice and it was our candid conversations years ago Mm -hmm. that helped me to see what was missing. What's what you needed as the primary support, what all the, you know, you get so much help in rehab and you've got the social workers and the case managers and, and the therapists are all working together. But the further you get out of rehab, Mm -hmm. the less resources you have. Yes. And when you're just surviving, you don't have time to get on Google and look it up. you Folks out there, you think, oh, yeah, why didn't they just get on Google? Well, number one, what are you going to ask for? <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you need. And sometimes, you know, with Terry, you're just pat, you're just two years past all this. Right. Things are just settling in for you. Yes, considering the fact that he was in-house for 14 months, you are in the newlywed stage. Truly, <laughs> truly. Well, thank you. Not the fun one. (laughs) Not the fun (laughs) newlyweds. Yeah. That's a beautiful story of of how you got connected. And thank you both for that because of all the lives, you know, you're you're benefiting because of it. So thank you both. Thank you, Terry. Thank Thank you. you. I appreciate you both so much. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. So what did you think? Dee and Terry, I cannot 
tell you how much I appreciate both of you being here with me today, sharing your stories, participating in the conversation, and just giving the audience another perspective. So I wanted to wrap up this episode with a few more specifics about Dr. Gary Chapman's five love languages. So some of you may never have heard of this before. I find it just to be an amazing tool just to get conscious and think about it. I think about it in relation with my husband. I think about it with my kids. And I realize when I'm not giving them what they need. They, of course, they know I love them, but I, I have to consciously fill up their tank. So you in the aphasia community, let's talk about how to discover your adapted love language. Ooh, maybe that, maybe that's a new term. Um, what have you done with your, your spouse who has a communication disorder? What have you done with him or her that really gives you the warm fuzzies? I'd have you start there. What makes you feel connected? And then I want you to reverse your thinking and think about what lights them up. Is it words of encouragement? Is it doing something unexpected for them? Rubbing lotion on their hands, giving a hug, surprising them with a cup of coffee in bed. What is it that lights them up? What are ways that you can communicate when there's a communication disorder? Can you write notes? Can you leave a little flower? So let's talk a little bit about how you can adapt the love languages when your person has a communication disorder. Because love doesn't have to be spoken to be deeply understood or meaningfully expressed. Uh, verbal affirmations, of course, I'm a big fan of affirmations. And spoken words are powerful, but love can transcend spoken language. And we definitely heard that from Dee today. So let's talk, let's break each of these five love languages real quick. Physical touch, a hug, a touch, rubbing lotion on their hands. Maybe go so far as lotion on the feet, sitting next to each other making sure your shoulders touch or holding hands if you're watching TV. Think of ways you can give physical touch. It doesn't have to be a big deal and you don't have to make a big deal out of it. But if you're gonna do it, pay attention to how does that make you feel and pay attention to how it's received. Does it light your person up? Can you tell that it makes a difference? Next is acts of service doing something for another person, whether it's taking care of a task that they don't like doing. Yes, kids, are you listening? Yes, you can help me out. Show me love, show me love by taking out the trash for me is just one small example. What about bringing flowers home or pick, you know, it's gonna be spring soon. What about picking some wildflowers and bringing those in the house? What is it? Could you take over a job like straightening up the bed that your loved one would normally take care of? Could you try and do your side of the covers if you're the person with a communication impairment? 
What can you do to be creative about acts of service? Quality time. Terry shared with us about driving in the car, particularly with the dog, so that they can just focus on each other and looking out the window and have time together. Spending time together doesn't mean you have to talk together, right? It can just be being, right? Sitting outside if it's a nice day, having a lemonade. It could be listening to music. One of my favorite things my husband and I did long, long, long time ago was we used to listen to audiobooks at night. And it was actually one of my favorite quality times with him. There's something about where you listen and you can be next to one another and you're not distracted by all the visual stimuli on the TV. Back when we were listening to audiobooks, it's when TV had commercials and we didn't have streaming services. But think about how can you do quality time? Can you play cards? Can you make it therapeutic too? Just kidding. But can you find an activity for quality time? Could it be giving of gifts? I Gifts are nice. I, I, I won't turn them down, but it's not a big deal to me. Out of the five of these, not a huge deal for me. I would much rather you say, hey, I thought about this for you. Would you like that? And I could say yes or no, because it's not about the gift. It's the thought. But some people receiving gifts is an ordinarily important to them. And that's great to know that what you need to fill up your love tank is awesome. So gifts doesn't have to be store-bought. It's writing a note, drawing a picture, putting, drawing a heart on a post-it note and giving it to your loved one. If they go to rehab, maybe it's uh, sending a note with them or uh, sending them a text you know, to their phone that says something, or it's a meme, or it's a GIF, or it's a something. Gifts don't have to be purchased. You can give gifts in lots of ways. And then the last one is gestures and expressions. This is so important. What Dee said earlier when we were talking about making eye contact. Be present for 15 seconds. It sounds so simple, but it's free. We just have to stop long enough to do it. Gestures. I try to teach my clients that can't talk. This is I love you in sign language. We work really hard, really diligently to make sure that the clients I work with have a way of expressing this to their significant other. If they can't sign it, if they have uh, limopraxia, then we can put it on their phone if they've got one of those. And it can be written out and they can open it up and show it. There's lots of ways to show love, gestures, facial expressions, blowing an air kiss. It doesn't have to be a big deal. But I encourage each of you to think about these love languages. What resonates for you to receive and what do you like to give? And then think about your significant other. What do they like to receive? What do they like to give? And spend some time reflecting on it because perhaps it has changed. Perhaps your love language has have changed because of the circumstance that you're in. I encourage you to check out Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. It 
it's a, a very wonderful, easy to read, easy to understand and apply today. Go for the quick wins. This is my motto. Do the little things, build up some wins, build up some confidence, and then maybe tackle something that's a little bit harder. All right, folks, thank you as always for being here. If you like this episode, would you please share it with a friend? I need to keep building this audience and it's with your help that we can get the word out. If you or your loved one has aphasia or a communication disorder, would you share this episode with your family and friends? Just ask them to listen to it. Subscribe would be great because the more people we can reach, the better this world can be because folks with aphasia deserve love. They deserve attention. They deserve acknowledgement because they are worthy. You hear me say this a lot lately. All of us are worthy. And sometimes it's easy to forget that. Many blessings to each of you. Have a wonderful week. If you're celebrating, have a nice Valentine's Day and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.